Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, and I thank you for your patience with me today. I am piloting the submarine alone today, and so all the technical difficulties... (laughs) fall in my lap. And so I am so grateful for your patience and long-suffering with me today. And I believe that's going to be worthwhile for you because we have a great show today. Again, I'm very excited about being here, very excited to be a part of your daily education. Because remember, we are not a a talk show, excuse me, we are a teach show. And I'm going to bring you the events that you see talking, uh, people talking about in, in uh, social media, on the news, maybe not on the news, but the stuff that we need to talk about to be a really informed people. And not just a simply informed people, but a truly informed people. And I was talking to our dear family friend, Victor, and he was reminding me of something very important. With this upcoming election and all of the, (laughs) I still love what what Mitch McConnell said, Nancy Pelosi's hyperventilation. (laughs) So with all these hyperventilations that Nancy Pelosi is, is engaging in, I think that it takes, we should take a moment to learn from this experience, not just simply as a, hey, what I'm always talking about, the due process thing, right? It's got to be about due process. It's got to be about due process for everyone or there is due process for no one. But I think, as Victor was reminding me today, what is essential is that we understand that what's happening in the House and potentially what's happening in the Senate is why that it's so important this coming November election that you take the time, that we take the time to elect only people who are loyal to the Constitution. People who are loyal to the Constitution, people who are dedicated to its principles, not loyal to a party, but loyal to to the Constitution itself. Because if we had constitutionally minded people, mind you, we wouldn't be having these problems. 
We wouldn't have a house because they're in power. Now, don't you see what's happening? We have the prime example and display of why democracies fail right in front of our eyes. This ought to be the greatest lesson this country could experience as to why we do not want to be or need to be a democracy, period. Democracy in its political sense, not in its power sense. I'm not talking about the power emanating from the people part of democracy. And by the way, I know there are people out there who like to make that argument, people who are always throwing names at me at a hominin attacks at me. Democracy is, a republic is a form of democracy. Look, I'm cool with that. The problem is this. When your people talk about democracy, they're not talking about democracy, meaning demos plus kratos, meaning the power comes from the people. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about pure democracy and how majority rules. And what we're seeing right now is what the founders and designers of our constitutional republic knew. Knew without hesitation, without mental reservation, without a doubt, that democracy, the majority vote, will always crash in flames. And we're seeing this now right in front of our eyes because we're living, and this is just occurring to me, I meditate over these things. These things, I'm always running them through my mind, trying to figure out what in the heck is going on. And so let me, let me mention to you, we live now in a democracy of 435. Go to, my, go, go to YouTube and search Chris Ann Hall and Congressman Tim Wahlberg. Congressman Tim Wahlberg from Michigan telling me on YouTube, or at least it was captured and placed on YouTube, telling me to my face that the only limit, and everybody who was in the room listening, the only limit to congressional power is what they can pass by majority vote. That is not a constitutional republic. That is a democracy of 435. Where the majority of 435 rule over the people. We have created with this, with this rhetorical lie of democracy, we have created a ruling class of people over America, the House of Representatives, 435 people ruling over America with a majority vote. This is democracy. And here's the human nature thing about democracy that we need to understand. Why democracy always crashes and burns? Because the, part, the, the, the majority that was in power yesterday will always be the minority of tomorrow. And the minority of yesterday will always be the majority of tomorrow. And how the minority was treated when they were the minority is the tit-for-tat that they will play when they become the majority. So here's the thing. This is why you're seeing all of these words come from Nancy Pelosi. We're in power now. She runs off and makes her, her little international temper tantrums. We're in power now. That's because the Democrats live in this victim mentality. 
So they believed that when they were in the minority party, they were the victims of the majority Republicans and everything was about Republican majority power and undermining the Democrat power. And the Republicans said, when we're in power, we're in power and we'll make the rules. By the way, the impeachment rules, the majority of them that you're seeing that were passed the other day that we talked about in yesterday's show, were actually rules that were passed by the Republicans in 2015. So now their tyrannical rules have come back to bite them. But see, that's how democracy works. Because a majority never keeps power perpetually. It's always a back and forth. Today's majority, tomorrow's minority. Today's minority is tomorrow's majority. And whenever the minority gains its power back, it's not a feeling of love. It's not a feeling of, of philanthropy. Now we have the opportunity to do good for the people in the way that we want to do good for the people. You watch it. It is now about faction vengeance and vindication. Vengeance and vindication for my faction. And so you end up, as, as George Washington warned us in his farewell address, you end up with party factions who are no longer interested in the will or the good for the people. They're no longer interested in what is good for the country. They're no longer interested in the oath that they took to the Constitution of the United States. They're no longer interested in fulfilling their trust to the American people to secure life, liberty, and property. They're not interested in these things anymore. The only driving force at this point in time is the same driving force that drives every democracy, meaning majority rule vote democracy. The only and the same motivation that drives them all, vengeance and vindication. And that's why they always crash and burn. And we're feeling the crash and the burn. If we're not feeling the crash and the burn, you need to pull your head out of the sand and crawl out from under your rock. Because the Democrats are not interested in what's good for us. And when the Republicans are in power, they're not interested in what's good for us either. They're interested in what's good for their party. And that's why they hate Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump, aside from his, his failings in certain objects, they're failing on his own because he takes advice from the wrong people. He's not failing because he is following the Republican narrative. He is not failing because he is following the Democrat narrative. He is, his failures are because he doesn't understand the Constitution and he has bad advisors that he leans upon. Because we all know that the establishments from both sides are running the government and that's where... Trump is getting his advice. I'm not making excuses for Trump. Don't tell me I am. I'm just drawing the distinction because Barack Obama knew exactly what he was doing and did exactly what he wanted to do. Donald Trump, as far as the Constitution is concerned, did not know, does not know. I truly believe the man does not understand the Constitution. Barack Obama didn't understand the Constitution but he cannot make that claim because the entire time they trumpeted him as a constitutional professor, scholar, blah, 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 blah. So you have to know. He was doing what he did in full knowledge 
to circumvent, knowingly and willfully circumvent the Constitution and the rights of the people. That's what we need to understand. This, what you see in Congress right now, is the reason why democracies fail, why they will always fail. When we come back from the break, I'm going to share with you what George Washington said about this. So you can hear not just from my voice, but from the voice over 200 years ago warning us about what would happen if our politics took over like they are today. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Make sure that you're getting... Uh, your Liberty First gear, don't just simply pontificate, educate. Go to chrisannhall.com and wear liberty so that you can be a voice for liberty even when you're not speaking. So let me read to you this, this portion of George Washington's farewell address so that we can be uh, aware of what our founder said, and let's see, uh, let me see, it take me just a second, the break wasn't quite long enough, so uh, keep talking, Chris Ann, <laughs> ah, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, he says, I have already intimated to you the danger of parties in the state with particular reference to the founding of them on geographical discrimination. Now let me take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. He says, he says, the, the alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities, is itself a frightful despotism. But this leads at length to a more formal, a more permanent despotism. The disorders and miseries which, which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. He's tell listen to what I want I want to repeat this again because this is just amazing. The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, the most uh, is is, has perpetrated the most horrid enormities 
and it is itself a frightful despotism. And there you have it. The frightful despotism. The frightful despotism of revenge that is brought forward through these party factions. And now the American people have simply stepped back and assumed that we can now just sit back and, and be ruled over by this ruling class. This is why it's important come this November. You absolutely vet these people not to be Republicans, not to be Democrats, not to be Libertarians, not to be Constitution Party, not to be Green Party, but to be Constitutionalists. And to do that, you kind of have to know what that means, right? What does that mean to be a Constitutionalist? That means that they understand, follow, and respect the intent of the drafters when they wrote the Constitution. It's called original intent. But if you use that, you'll be called a racist because Americans have been trained into a constitutional bigotry. But just understand you can do that. Now, if you go to chrisannhall.com, if you go to chrisannhall.com, there's an article on my website. Well, there's lots of articles on my website. But there's an article on my website that will explain to you about original intent and why it's not racist. But there's also an article on my website about the uh, We the People employment application. These are giving you the questions you need to vet the people that are wanting your vote to, to hold your trust. You see, when you vote for someone, you are giving them your trust. That's what this is all. That's why they take an oath. They're promising not to defeat your trust. So you need to know if they have what it takes up here to fulfill that trust before you elect them. So go to chrisdownhall.com, look for the original intent, uh, the, the dispelling the myths of the original intent, and then look for the We the People employment application. This will help you. I'm giving you all the questions you need to do to vet these people. We need to vet people not for party. We need to vet them. We need to vet them for uh, who they are to the Constitution. Now, when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you about the William Barr memo uh, about the Orwellian uh, operation of the Department of Justice. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. So thankful that you're joining us today. Remember, this is really, really important stuff. If you are watching us on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe and you share and you encourage other people to subscribe and share. Subscribing on YouTube is like the currency of YouTube. The more that subscribe, the more will be noticed, the more will hear. So even though you listen and you're listening right now, if you do not subscribe, if you do not 
click the bell to receive the notifications. You are not participating in the currency of YouTube. And that's really, really important for us. It doesn't cost you a dime to invest in the currency of YouTube, which is sharing, subscribing, and getting notifications. So please, please do that. You can also support us. And we say this every day. We need support. This is our full-time job. If you like what we're doing, if you, if you appreciate getting, having an outlet for this truth, principle over party, truth over personality, liberty over security, then please text to the number 33777 the phrase impact 2020, one word, impact 2020, one word, text that to the number 33777. And remember, we're setting this up. It's going to, we're giving people time to get, to get to participate, but very shortly we're going to start having experience exclusive deals for people who are members of the Impact 2020 group and members of Liberty First University. So if you're already a member of Liberty First University, you are part of this group. If you want to be a member of Liberty First University, you can be a part of this group by joining at Liberty First University. So let me talk to you now about this memo you keep seeing going around YouTube and uh, um, uh, all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The bar memo, it usually comes with a headline that it's establishing an Orwellian uh, kind of government, right? Well, I want to tell you that, and, and again, remember we're a teach show, and I'm not trying to cast darts at anybody, but this memo is really kind of a big nothing burger, okay? It doesn't tell us anything at all. And I just, I want you to realize that with these people, there's a collection of dots that need to be made. I'm not telling you that the memo is somehow benign, okay? Because all the memo is doing is, is simply praising the people of the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, the heads of departments of the components of the U.S. Attorney's Office, and all law enforcement agencies. So it's this big big love fest on these agencies and an invitation to come to this FBI training. In December 19th, we will be hosting a training conference at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. to present proven models for, en for engaging extremely challenging individuals, it says, applying the lessons learned from our FBI subject matter expert, experts U.S. Attorney's Offices, private sector partners, and department components. We will also welcome new ideas to face these threats and, you know, keep your eyes open for a notice from, this, from your department on this because we want you to come. That's the purpose of this memo. Now, William Barr also gave, uh, uh, made a uh, statement, okay, he made statements that says, uh, let me put this up. I've got it up here on YouTube. He says, with hundreds of Americans dying in mass shootings every year, federal officials have launched a new initiative to, quote, identify, assess, and engage potential mass shooters before they strike. Okay? 
this is where one of the dots that we need to connect. And there's a lot of, I hate to use this because then, you know, all of a sudden I'm engaging in this tinfoil hat conspiracy theory kind of stuff. But this is a lot of coded language that ought to directly uh, take us right now to the TAPS Act. Now, those of you who have been following Chris Ann Hall's show for a while and have been on our website, chrisannhall.com, you know H.R. 838, the TAPS Act. See, when, when he's talking about identify, assess, and engage potential mass shooters before they strike, this is the announcement that he made publicly. In, identify, assess, and engage potential mass shooters before they strike. What he's talking about is the exact language that is located within this TAPS Act that congressmen, Republicans, are trying to pass. Now, what we need to understand about this TAPS Act, mind you, is that this is not the nothing burger. This is what he's alluding to. The memo is not the problem. The memo is a, a pointing a finger to the TAPS Act and saying, we're going to implement the product of the TAPS Act whether Congress's pa Congress passes it or not. And they're saying, we're going to do by operation, by regulation, if Congress will not pass by legislation. That should be very reminiscent of the promises that Barack Obama made. Can I remind you that Barack Obama said that if Congress will not legislate, I'm going to go ahead and regulate. He says if Congress will not pass laws, I will. After all, I have a phone and a pen. Well, now William Barr and is saying the exact same thing without saying those words because he's hoping people will not connect the dots. But that's why the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal is here, to connect the dots for you. And I'm trying to tell you, what William Barr is talking about is what you can, the processes and the procedures that are identified in the Tax Act, otherwise known as H.R. 838. There's a Senate version as well. All the big Republicans are all on board with this. And we need to know that this has to stop. See, just because a Republican is backing it or a bunch of Republicans are backing it doesn't make it constitutional. That's why I said you've got to vet these people based on the Constitution. Dan Crenshaw is either ignorant of the Constitution or he's an operative for the, the establishment whose motivation is to undermine the Constitution, to expand the power. I will remember all of you, remind you, all of those of you who are scratching your head about William Barr. I thought William Barr was this great guy. I thought he was, you know, the answer. He's better than Sessions. No! I will remind you, William Barr has made statements that the Constitution is an unnecessary uh, well, the word just flew out of my head, is an unnecessary uh, obstacle to keep America safe. He thinks the Fourth Amendment 
is a is is an unnecessary thing in his way of doing his job. He hates the Fourth Amendment. And that's exactly what the TAPS Act is about. The TAPS Act creates a brand new bureaucracy under the Department of Homeland Security of non-elected bureaucrats authorized by Congress to appoint 23 other non-elected bureaucrats to invent the authority for federal and state government agents to, quote, identify individuals who are exhibiting patterns of concerning behavior and then to, and I'm quoting now, manage those Americans. This is exactly what Barr is talking about when he says, identify, assess, and engage potential mass shooters before they strike. The whole purpose of this new locally organized, federally over, uh, federally ruled procedure in our agencies, our local law enforcement, our uh, Department of Homeland Security pairing up with each other, the FBI all pairing up with each other, is to create state and federal policing bodies ruling over the perceived behavior of American people. These are KGB-style agencies not only monitoring the behavior of Americans, but functioning as judge, jury, and executioner. Now, the task force under the TAPS Act is going to create these policies. Now, the fact that William Barr is already talking about implementing these policies should make us understand that this task force is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors because they already have the, the procedures in mind. They know exactly what they want to do. They're just going to want to create a bureaucracy legally to give them cover for what they're going to do anyway. And Barr is letting us know right here, right now, this training on December 19th at FBI headquarters is going to train our U.S. attorneys and train our local law enforcement that will be coming on how to implement the procedures and policies that they want to legally put in place under the TAPS Act so that they will be put in place whether the TAPS Act is passed or not. They're going to do this. Even if they have to do it out of order. Even if they use this as a mechanism to say, you know, we, the TAPS Act didn't get passed yet, but we're going to do that. So now we're going to push the TAPS Act through so that we can have legal cover for what we're doing. I want to read this to you. According to Section 3, Subsection 2C of the TAPS Act, after an agent, not an agency, just an agent, someone, some person, has compiled, quote, articulable facts about uh, by circumventing the Fourth Amendment's requirements on government, they will that agency agent will now be empowered to manage the threat of concerning behavior. Manage. What in the heck does that mean? When an agent decides that you are engaged in concerning behavior, they now become the people who can actually manage your life.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, I just want to I want to summarize this for you in the last few minutes that we have together. I want to encourage you to go to chrisannhall.com and read the article on the TAPS app. I actually have a podcast on the TAPS app. If you are a member of Liberty First University, we have a video on the TAPS app. If you saw me on uh, Roku, where I taught a lesson on the TAPS app, we need to understand what this is and how William Barr is telling us that they're going to implement this. Now, this isn't about domestic ISIS terrorists. This is not about domestic uh, ex Islamist extremists. This is about, he says himself, potential mass shooters before they strike. They don't admit that these things are perpetrated on us by foreign agents. They tell us that these are American extremists. Americans with a codified right to due process in the Bill of Rights. There is no, there is no, there are no guidelines in the TAPS Act created by Congress on how the bureaucracy is going to define, manage, or define, identify the behavior, the task force creates its own guidelines and practices. You've got bureaucrats elected by no one that will now create policy and procedure on how the Department of Justice, the FBI, and your local law enforcement will operate. They want this to become the national standard. And there is no there is no congressional oversight. The Secretary of Department of Homeland Security every year will report to Congress and tell Congress how many people they've managed. They don't ask them for permission. They don't have to justify anything. Just a list of Americans they've managed. There is no constitutional authority for this, by the way. None whatsoever. And I don't care what the department... I don't believe I don't care what the congress.gov website says. There is no there is no constitutional authority for the federal government to partner with our state and local governments to to set aside the rights of the people for their perceived or I won't even say perceived projected necessity. William Pitt the Younger said in 1783 Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. So the next time you hear some politician say, we have to pass this bill to circumvent your rights, to create an exception for your rights, it's necessary to keep you safe. You need to mark them immediately regardless of their party affiliation as a tyrant. What William Pitt said is what, what is 
an axiomatic truth, a self-evident truth, as Thomas Jefferson said. A self-evident truth that these are the things that operate in the minds of tyrants. But there's two sides to that coin, isn't it? Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. But it is the creed of slaves. Everyone who accepts their plea for necessity as reality has classified themselves as slaves. How any politician who professes a knowledge of the Constitution or professes a love for America, her people, and their rights could ever back something like this insidious piece of legislation is completely beyond me. There is no justification for this tax act in a world with liberty and the rights of the people. And I am not shocked at all that William Barr is behind this all the way. I would love for somebody to be able to attend this training on December 19th at the FBI headquarters, some law enforcement friend of Liberty First, to attend this meeting and then tell us what they have to say, comparing it to the tax act. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. We'll see you next time.